Hello and welcome to People in Profit. I'm Charles Pellegrin. Coming up, a music industry special. What's the deal with Spotify's revenue streams? The world's biggest music streaming platform has found profitability to be elusive over its 15-year existence and is having to cut its workforce. We'll discuss this and the growing business of investing in music royalties with the CEO of Europe's biggest music investment platform, Marzio Skena. And we'll finish by looking at the Taylor Swift phenomenon. The pop star has built a billion-dollar empire and is credited as having boosted the U.S. economy in 2023. Is the spot... Thanks for joining us for this special report. The UN Undersecretary General for Humanitarian Affairs and Emergency Relief Coordinator Martin Griffiths is now speaking live from Geneva with an update on the situation in the Palestinian territories. Terrible events that happened to the people of Israel living near Gaza. And that led to the terrible events that continue to this day. And the message that we have been giving, we here being the humanitarian community, and I represent the humanitarian community writ large, not just the United Nations, is that we do not have a humanitarian operation in southern Gaza that can be called by that name anymore that the pace of the military assault in southern Gaza is a repeat of the assault in northern Gaza, that it has made no place safe for civilians in southern Gaza, which had been a cornerstone of the humanitarian plan to protect civilians and thus to provide aid to them. But without places of safety, that plan is in tatters. And so what we have at the moment in Gaza, northern Gaza, even more difficult, but in Gaza where we have trucks still crossing daily through the Rafah crossing, is at best humanitarian opportunism to try to reach through some roads which are still accessible, which haven't been mined or destroyed, to some people who can be found, where some food or some water or some other supply can be given. But it's a program of opportunism. It's erratic. It's undependable. And frankly, it's not sustainable. It's as a result of this declaration and judgment by the humanitarian community, the global humanitarian community, that the Secretary General of the United Nations, as you know, wrote yesterday to the President of the Security Council, invoking for the first time ever in his tenure as Secretary General, Article 99 of the Charter, which speaks of the threat to international peace and security of a specific event as raised by and in the judgment of the Secretary-General. Now, I don't want to end these opening remarks without saying 
one more important thing, and that is this, that even while we have said enough, done, finish, stop the fighting, let's have that immediate ceasefire, that doesn't mean to say that humanitarians are themselves running for cover. We're still negotiating, and with some promising signs at the moment, access through Keres Shalom, that other crossing, as you know, to the west of Rafa, from Israel into Gaza, which has been such a feature of discussion these many weeks. And there are some promising signs now that that may be op able to open soon. And we're still at it. We are still in Gaza. UNRWA is still in Gaza. My office is still there. We are still unloading trucks in the Rafa crossing. But what we don't have is any sense of clarity of planning, is any sense of what's going to happen tomorrow. And f to be specific, none of us can see where this will end. None of us can see where the people crammed into that southern pocket of Gaza will go those two million people. What do they think their future are? I have just come from a meeting with my own staff around the world, buried in the tragedy of conflicts. And they have spoken to me this morning, now, about two things. One is that in Gaza, there is no exit for the people of Gaza. And the other is, in Gaza, as a result, hope for the future is at its best at a premium. So our humanitarian program is no longer a functioning one. It is one of response to opportunity. Yet we are still trying to build a new access point. And the Secretary General has clearly, evidently, and quickly renewed his advocacy for what must be the only serious policy response to this globally, which is silence the guns. Thank you. Thank you uh, very much, Under Secretary General Griffith. We will now take your questions. Um, Reuters first, and then we go to Laurent. Um, Mr. Griffiths, a question regarding the promising signs um, on the possible opening of the Keralam, uh, Keram Shalom crossing. What are these uh, promising signs? Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Very specific. I mean, we, we've been arguing in favor, obviously, for the opening of Keram Shalom for months. I mean, not for months, for weeks. Um, uh, these negotiations have been taking place in a committee called the COGAT Committee, which meets daily and nightly, where the Israeli government is represented, as is the US, by the way, um, as well as the Egyptians and the United Nations, my own office is present. And in that milieu, in that environment, we have been arguing for the opening of Keresh Shalom, not just as an opening to allow trucks to go through there, to then go through Rafah, and then up into Gaza, but to go straight through Keresh Shalom up into the northern parts of Gaza, or of the need is greatest. Now, of late, in these most recent days, in those discussions, there have been some signs that 
the member states re re related to that, Egypt and Israel obviously are related to that, um, have become much more open to the idea of opening Koresh Shanar. Probably not in one go, but certainly gradually. Secondly, I have a representative as we speak in Jordan uh, already lining up the potential deliveries of aid by land from Jordan, which could come straight through from Jordan over the Alambri Bridge, straight to Koresh Shalom. That's one entry point to Koresh Shalom. If we get that, uh, well, it'll be the first miracle we've seen for some weeks, but it will be a huge boost to the logistical process and logistical base of a humanitarian operation. It doesn't mean to say that it will solve the security problems that, of course, I've spoken about, but it will change the nature of humanitarian access. Thank you very much. Uh, Laurent. Yeah, thank you, Laurent, your Swiss news agency. Uh, if that doesn't happen, and if the situation go, goes on like it is today, how long do you think there will be still a possibility to go on with at least that humanitarian opportunism? Uh, and how long the, will the, the Palestinian population uh, bear it? Thank you. Part of your I'm sorry. Uh, I think the second part of your question is the, is the killer. How long will the Palestinian people of Gaza bear this? Because they're being pushed further and further south. They tell everyone every day, we tell everyone every day there's no place of safety. There's no safe zones. People aren't even talking about safe zones anymore. Um, so they're being pushed south. We know Israel uh, has a very firm policy of no entry for the people of Gaza into Israel for reasons I think we can all understand. But that pressure, that pressure will grow exponentially over these days. The humanitarian activities, as you say, humanitarian opportunism, it, it can't be a humanitarian program. That would be too, too ample a description of it. That will continue so long as there are people in Gaza there and trucks that can cross into to Rafa. That will not stop. Um, the people of Gaza should know, do know, that the aid agencies that they have relied on, God help us these many decades, will not desert them at this time. But the, the prospects for safety for those million or more people forced into that southern pocket I, I, your guess is surely as good as mine that we ain't seen the end of this movie we'll see more of that and we will see more pressure and we haven't even begun to talk about the impact of the increase in violence in the West Bank the worry about violence in, 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 in Lebanon the anxieties in Jordan of an outflow into Jordan. I was in Amman last week with their majesties, convening a, a very practical operational meeting about what needs to be done to help the people of Gaza where they are. What's happening in Gaza is forcing the people of Gaza to choose where to be.
That's the U.N. Undersecretary General for Humanitarian Affairs and Emergency Relief Coordinator Martin Griffiths speaking live from Geneva, taking questions from reporters with an update on the situation in the Palestinian territories two months to the day since the October 7th Hamas attack in Israel. Thank you so much for watching. We'll be back right after the break with more news. A few months ago, Marie was born. Her birth brought up many questions that I just couldn't keep to myself. Questions about my Algerian father, who was the son of an Arki. Je suis à la rencontre un petit peu des gens qui ont vécu ici, ouais. puis dans le camp. Je peux pas vous poser quelques questions. C'est dur à expliquer. C'est sûr que moi j'ai déjà du mal à l'expliquer à mes enfants. Si c'était le pire, le camp de Bias c'était un hôpital psychiatrique à ciel ouvert. Les bâtiments ressemblaient à des bâtiments comme dans les camps de concentration. On nous a cachés, on dirait qu'on avait la peste. Parce que M. de Gaulle nous a mis le couteau du FLN sous la gorge. J'ai fini, merci. Je ne peux pas. Je suis désolée, Granny. Forget about it. 